0: To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash FilmDaily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. On today's episode of the show, we are going to gather around the virtual water cooler and talk about what we've been up to. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by SlashFilm editor and chief film critic, Chris stuff Oh, hello. All right, Chris, let's get into it. Uh, neither you nor I, n- neither, nor, either or, uh, neither you nor I, Chris, have been doing anything. That's true. <laughs> um <laughs> Except maybe fumbling over certain grammatically correct ways to say things. Uh, But let's get into what we've been reading. So, you you read something recently.
1: Yes, I read uh, a book called When Nothing Else Matters by Michael, uh, I want to say Leahy. Leahy? I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Uh, But this is a book about Michael Jordan's final comeback when he played for. Uh, the Washington Wizards, and I'm not a big sports guy. I don't really know anything about sports, but I really, and I don't like watching sports either. It's like, I I would rather do literally nothing than watch sports. <laughs> However, I find, like, behind-the-scenes stuff about sports really fascinating. Like, I, I loved uh, the Last Dance documentary, and I was like, I wonder if there are any books... Like The Last Dance. So I, I literally googled books like The Last Dance and this was the <laughs> this was the one that came up the most. So I read it and this was great because Michael Jordan is just so fascinating. Cause like, you know, no obviously he's he's like one of the the greatest players of all time, but he's also this like obsessive guy. Like anyone who watched The Last Dance or, you know, I guess followed his career knows how obsessed with, with games and winning Michael Jordan is. And it's just fascinating to read about you know him just being like you know i gotta do like the book is basically about how he was bored in retirement and he was getting older and everyone was like it's probably not a good idea for you to come back and play but he was like i'm gonna do it and he came back and his knees were just awful and he kept obviously he played great because he's michael jordan but he wasn't Mm -hmm. playing like you know the old michael jordan or the young michael jordan in this case (laughs) right so and you know the book is all just about like his his hubris and about how he was you know he was convinced that he could do at the age of uh he was he was i think he was 39 he was he was convinced he could do at that age what he was doing you know in his 20s which and again this is no This is not to besmirch Michael Jordan. It's just true of all of us. It's just you can't do that. And Mm -hmm. no matter how many, you know, signs were pointing to this being a bad idea, he just kept doing it until he literally could not play anymore because he blew his knees out. But just so this was just great. I just loved reading about behind the scenes stuff and, you know, uh, all, all the ins and outs of 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 his his final comeback.
0: Man, that's really interesting because The Last Dance doesn't touch on the Washington Wizards portion of his career at all. Um, yeah. It really just like focuses on... Kind of one one season, one you know, little stretch of time there, and it it sort of uh, spans a bunch of time periods. But but that is kind of like the forgotten era of of Michael Jordan's career uh, because he wasn't performing at that sort of like knockout level that he was early on. Um, yeah, I remember like, like watching a few of those games and just being like, oh man, like he you can tell that he'd kind of lost a step, even though as you mentioned, he still was like putting up decent numbers. But um, yeah, that's, that's
1: yeah, awesome. it's like like this is just illustrates how little I know about sports. Like I had no idea he ever played. I have never even heard of the Washington wizard. Like I knew, (laughs) I knew he played for the Chicago bulls because everyone knew he played for the Chicago bulls. Just like everyone knew Babe Ruth played for the Yankees and stuff like that. But like, I was completely oblivious. Like I knew he played baseball because that was a big story, mm-hmm. but and also it was a plot point in the movie Space Jam. <laughs> but I I was I was completely oblivious to this part of his career. So that's also what was what made this really fascinating.
0: Does it get into his um his like ownership or coaching or anything like that? At yeah, it does.
1: It it really it goes well, it just goes into how, you know, he he was up in the, you know, the executive office and he while he did stuff, he didn't, he wasn't really hands-on and he sort of just thought again i don't want to make it sound like i'm, I'm bad-mouthing michael jordan <laughs> who is, is amazing but you get the sense from this book that he thought he could sort of just like coast on his his star his celebrity He could like come in there he could sort of just hang out in his office and not really do a lot mm-hmm. and he could sort of like call all the shots like he kept like he really wanted like an ownership position in in the wizards. And that was not going to happen, but he thought it would happen just because he was like, you know, I'm Michael Jordan. Why wouldn't they give me everything I wanted? So, and like how he, he was just not really good working with his, his, the younger teammates. And, you know, he was like, you know, get me the ball. He wanted, Mm -hmm. he wanted the glory basically. And I don't know. I just find that so fascinating that he's just like this obsessive, like he has to be the best no matter what. And he doesn't care who he, uh, Who he knocks down to get there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Oh, so the book is called uh, When Nothing Else Matters. That sounds really cool. Yes. Uh, Okay, so I just have been watching three things, really. Um, I finally watched Spider-Man No Way Home, Chris, because I I missed it in the theaters. Uh, I
1: I still have not seen it. I'm waiting for to get the blu-ray or to put it on disney plus i still okay
0: yeah so it became available to buy digitally i think yesterday was the first day yeah. um so i i bought it last night and watched it just because i felt like you know i would waited long enough i really wanted to see this thing and um ultimately i i loved um specific parts of it and chris you you know
1: uh, yeah i know what happens. you know too. some
0: of the spoilers here so i guess just you know in case somehow you you are have been completely spoiler free uh, on this movie and want to remain so. Maybe just fast forward just a few minutes. I'm not going to talk very long about this, but um, the the portions with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, um, which you know have been widely publicized again because they recreated that meme and a photo and all of that. Uh, I, I loved that stuff. Like there there was part of me that was like, I shouldn't like this because this is just so. Um, <laughs> It's cheap. so like yeah, t- cheap it's been and like dilutive. sort of like uh like transparently um you know like uh like uh giving fans exactly what they want in a way that kind of in in a worse scenario could just feel um like really gross and kind of like icky and make a chill run up my spine. But I yeah. think the writing is actually so good, and and Andrew Garfield in particular is so good in this movie that I'm, I was legitimately just like sitting back and enjoying. Uh, seeing all of these characters again. And it, it was kind of amazing at certain points in this m- movie where the camera pulls back and there's just like multiple Spider-Men fighting all of these big villains all at once. And it's it sort of, uh, I mean, it, it, I guess my biggest takeaway from this movie was just thinking again about how great uh, Into the Spider-Verse was <laughs> because that movie, in aside, you know, aside from being like a tremendous film on its own, also really open the doors for something like this to happen. Like, I cannot imagine the events of this movie happening without Spider-Verse there to sort of uh, pave the way. So uh, I, again, I mean, there are elements of this movie that I don't particularly care for um, and, and just feel like a uh, mid-level, you know, uh, very typical Marvel kind of stuff, which is like always fine. It's never like, su- I mean, it's very rarely actively bad in my mind. It's just like, kind of aggressively fine. Um, but there are those moments where, uh, you know, all of the spider Man, Spider-Mans or whatever are, are hanging out together. Spider's
1: at, Man, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um, where I just thought the movie was kind of, uh, I mean, transcendent is like way too strong of a word, but like it, it actually rose above that sort of, um, I don't know, typical average Marvel quality. So, uh, very enjoyable. I'm, I'm really curious to see what you think about it. Cause I feel like you and I are, are generally kind of on the same level when it comes to the Marvel stuff. So, yeah. um, I also had a chance to see Turning Red, which is the the new Pixar movie that's on Disney Plus right now. Have you seen this one yet? No, I'm going to watch it this week, and I haven't watched it yet. Cool. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed this. Um, I mean, it seems almost impossible to talk about this movie now without talking about like all the bad takes about this movie. But I'm not going to do any of that, Chris. I'm gonna I'm gonna flout the system. I'm I'm just going to avoid all of that and just say that I really loved how specific this movie got with its. Uh, with the, the characterization of its main character, like there, there are some, um, some little, uh, <laughs> that it's just, it's so amusing. It's so amusing to watch a character like this because if I didn't do this stuff I didn't do the exact same thing that this thirteen year old girl does in this movie but i I have my versions of uh of things like this that I did when I was twelve and thirteen years old that are you know incredibly embarrassing and super cringeworthy and just uh you know part of growing up and being a kid and um this movie really taps into that in a really really specific wonderful way um I've read some criticism about the movie and and the way that it sort of uh handles its um handles or, or doesn't properly handle like the i guess the the asianness of it all um which i'm going to link to one of the uh the reviews from uh, Walter Shaw in particular in the in the show notes because i think it's a, it's a really solid piece of uh, criticism but um uh, you know in the moment i just i really enjoyed watching this i thought it was uh it was like a a really super fun time very very funny i laughed out loud a lot at it so uh yeah just great stuff from pixar i i haven't seen there have been several pixar movies that i just like completely tapped out on like, uh, the good dinosaur that was 2015 now. So that was what, seven years ago or something. And I I gave that like maybe 30 minutes or something. And it was just like, no, I can't, I can't finish this. It's so bad. And then, uh, onward, I think I made it like five or six minutes into onward before I turned it off. And I almost never do that. And especially for, you know, uh, sort of like broad family friendly stuff. Like typically I know that there's going to be a certain amount of stuff that I'm going to roll my eyes at. But those movies, those two specific movies, which I think are both Pixar movies, um, I just did, I could not get on board with them at all. So I was really happy to see something that was like totally original. And, uh, I, I wasn't even a huge fan of the trailers for Turning Red, but I think, um, there's a lot there that's really, uh, You know, again, aside from being just super funny, like really interesting on a a thematic sort of metaphorical level, there too. So there's a lot to dig into with this movie, and and I had a lot of fun watching it. So I would encourage people to check it out. It's on Disney Plus. And then um, finally, I've been watching Severance. Which, Chris, I think, have you seen all of the show already? I have,
1: and I I really like it. And it also has a huge cliffhanger. And if they don't give it a a second season, I'm going to lose my mind.
0: Man, oh my (laughs) god! All right, well. I didn't know about the cliffhanger, but um, but man, I, I've just been enjoying this show so much. Like it's on Apple TV Plus. For those of you who don't know, this is a show that stars Adam Scott, and like the basic premises, uh, he works at this mysterious company that um, I guess forces its employees to undergo this procedure where they have a, a chip implanted in their brain and. Uh, they're separated into like their work life and their home life. And the, the two sort of, I guess, personas that inhabit the same body um, don't have any memory of, of what the other one is doing. So uh, I love the the way that the show is, I mean the look of it is so cool like the everything is just so like oppressive and especially like underground in the in the little bunkers or wherever they are in, in Lumen in this big like office building it feels like they're underground I mean they're they're always taking elevators down yeah. and I, don't, I never know exactly it, it just feels like they're in this other world almost down there of like very typical office space kind of looking places but also it has like a like a timelessness like a I don't know, like 1960s or early 70s or something with some of the design choices. I just I love the the look of the whole thing, the production design I think is, is incredible. The music is so good. Um all of the performances, like John Turturro especially, is is really entertaining in this in this uh show. And Adam Scott is great too. Um so yeah, there, there's just like this is this is kind of like the perfect uh successor to something like Lost, I think, where it's just like one of those shows that. Has been is rolling out week to week and it's doing a really, really good job of building character and filling in backstory and giving you just enough tantalizing hints about what the hell is going on at this big mysterious corporation that I just really like I spend all week thinking about it and just yeah. wanting to see the next episode. So um yeah, it's great it's, and I love it.
1: It's a mystery box show where you get a sense that they actually uh plotted out the mystery. Like I love Lost, but the writers are on record as saying multiple seasons where they were just like, we were literally just making it up as we went along. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. And you, you get the sense that this show, they actually planned out like every single mystery, which is making Re, a really rewarding experience
0: yeah 100 um so yeah I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it and uh I, I man i like every week i can't wait i think it it ends i had to look up like when is the last episode and i think it's april 8th or something so uh i mean i'm in it for the long haul with this one chris and i hope that um that they give it that renewal that you're talking about me because too, <laughs> that if uh, not
1: you're gonna if not trust me you're gonna be like fury like the minute <laughs> Like my wife and I watched it and the minute it cut to black the last episode we both were like no at the same time because it was like if this is how like they don't if they don't bring back the show it's like you're going to be like what the hell like yeah. so i i'm i'm guessing they already approved it and they just haven't announced it yet cuz it's it's such a big swing that Yeah. It would be ridiculous to not have a second season planned.
0: Yeah, and i think Apple, i mean, they they have so They're much money good. that they yeah. they operate in a little bit different way than some of the other streamers so hopefully like the uh, attention and sort of maybe acclaim that the show is going to get or maybe has gotten i haven't really tapped into the the critical conversation about it yet um maybe that will just be enough to convince them like hey let's spend the money to, to keep this thing going but um oh ben stiller directs several of the episodes and yeah. he he i just wanted to to Give a shout out to him because I think he's doing a great job behind the camera. He also directed this really good show called Escape at Mora. that was on Showtime a few years ago. I think I mentioned it at the time, but um, that seems like one of those forgotten shows that sort of slipped through the prestige TV gap. So maybe if you're watching Severance and uh, it ends and you want to, uh, I mean, it, it's a totally different type of show, but if you're looking for something else that's good to watch. Um I encourage people to to seek that show out as well. So uh okay Chris, what have you been watching?
1: So, after years of resisting it, I finally watched all of Rick and Morty, which is it's streaming on HBO Max. Uh and How many I, seasons are there now? 5. There are 5 seasons so okay. far. And I don't know if they're going to do more or not, but um so yeah, obviously I'd heard of Rick and Morty, everyone's always talking about it, but the the fandom was so abrasive like i don't know if you remember this ben but a while like i can't remember when it was but it was recently where there's a whole thing in brick and mortar where they talk about the szechuan sauce from mcdonald's from mulan and mcdonald's brought back the sauce to honor like in honor of the show and the fans of Rick and Morty were like going to McDonald's and they were like climbing up on the counters and they were like yelling and they were like, "Give us the sauce!" And yes, just like, I remember this. just reading about that, I was like, "I never want to watch this show if this is what it inspires." Like, I don't need this shit in my life. But I was just like, I uh, I watch stuff as I I, I have an elliptical machine and I watch stuff as I do elliptical machine and I needed something like, to watch in in short bursts, you know, those half-hour bursts. So I was like, screw it, I'm finally going to give this a chance. And I got to say, you know, despite my my reservations about the fandom, this is a very funny show. I know I'm not telling anyone anything new at this point, because I feel like everyone has watched the show, but I really do like the show, and I do find it really goddamn funny. I just wish uh, the fan base wasn't so... um, uh annoying <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah um, so
0: the the burps chris i've seen like some of the uh trailers and whatever commercials and stuff for the show and the fact that one of the characters i don't remember if it's it's Rick Rick, yeah. okay it's just like constantly like belching it seems like there's vomit just like dripping out of the side of his mouth at all times and i'm just kind of like uh is this like what, yeah. what kind yeah. of show is this is that like a a main is this like a gross out show? I know it's like it's, people it's, have, have hailed it for its sci-fi, uh, like the brilliant writing and all of that kind of stuff, but like character wise. What it's
1: definitely gross. And that burping does get on my, the burping is really only in the first season and they they wisely tone it down in seasons to come because it does get a little <laughs> annoying, but it, it is a very, uh, very gross over the top show, but it's also very funny and has very clever writing. So yeah, everything you heard about the show is true, but also the fans are annoying.
0: <laughs> and now you can count yourself among them. Yes, <laughs> now, I've, I've joined their ranks. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Uh, please avoid McDonald's at all costs, because yes. I don't want to see a viral video of you jumping up and down a up
1: yelling about the sauce. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the other thing I watched is a 1980 film called *Night of the Demon*. Um, this is oddly, it's not streaming anywhere. There's a new um, Blu-ray from I, I want to say vinegar syndrome no severin so severin is like a one of the, the many boutique blu-ray people out there and they put out a new uh special edition and this is why i love the boutique blu-ray market because you'll get like you know expected stuff then you'll get stuff like this the 1980s film night of the Demon, which is about bigfoot um and this is this is a a truly special bad movie and i i loved every minute of it um it's 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 a movie about a bunch of like uh, students trying to find Bigfoot, and they go into the woods, and like every five minutes, the professor leading them is like, "This reminds me of another story about Bigfoot," and then it cuts to like a flashback of Bigfoot <laughs> attacking people, and it's so like gross and and it's it's a movie that you can tell a lot of love went into it, but everyone is incompetent, and I love movies like that, like bad <laughs> movies where. Like, anyone can make a bad movie without trying. I love bad movies where the filmmakers are really trying. They're trying so hard to make a real good movie. And it's just... It slips through their grasp. And I always appreciate that. Because they're... You know, they're trying, damn it. But uh, this... This movie, it's got, it's got everything. It's got Bigfoot uses an ax at one point. Uh, Another scene, Bigfoot picks up two Girl Scouts and bashes them together until they die. Um, Another point, there's a, there's a biker who pulls over to pee in the woods and Bigfoot rips his dick off and they show it. (laughs) And like, everyone is like gushing this like really cartoonishly red watery blood that looks nothing like real blood. And big the Bigfoot costume is awful. It's just a it's a wonderful movie. I loved every minute of this. Like just watching it, I was like, this is this is wonderful. I'm so glad this exists. And I'm so glad I bought this this special edition Blu-ray, which is like 35 bucks. It was it was worth every penny.
0: So real quick, did you do any research into this before you pulled the trigger on it? Did you like look at a trailer or anything? Or were you just like blind by this is out now? I've never heard of it. I'm going for it
1: so i saw the blu-ray had come out and i i get a lot of promo blu-rays but i didn't get a promo blu-ray of this and when that happens i'm always like how come so i immediately like went on letterboxd and all the reviews on there were like this movie is insane i was like you know what i'm gonna bite the bullet i'm gonna buy this without knowing really a lot about it and i like i said i don't regret it at all i love i love you knight of the demon you, you terrible movie about
0: <laughs> bigfoot ripping dicks off Okay, Letterbox coming through. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, yeah. So yeah, short episode today, but I think that's going to do it for, the, uh, for today's episode of Slash Film Daily. You can find more about the stories that we mentioned on the show at SlashFilm.com. I'll link to a couple things in the show notes here. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slash film.com. make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mentioned your email on the air don't forget to rate and review the show on apple podcasts tell your friends spread the word thanks for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow